May the peace of our Lord be with you. To pay attention is the rarest and purest form of generosity. As I arrived this morning, I was met at the doors with wreaths adorned in purple ribbons. I walked the halls and felt the cloth advent wreaths in our youngest children's classrooms. I noticed the empty cradle in the wooden manger scene that greets our children downstairs and a similar one in the narthex with Mary and Joseph waiting expectantly. I brought the bulletins around from the office to the narthex and noticed their purple ink and the empty trough inside the Northminster window that is printed on the front. As I walked past the angel tree, I took note of the Advent devotionals that our worship and music committee have written. A little later, as I walked the halls, I heard children's voices singing as they practiced for the living nativity and instruments this practicing as they prepared to lead us in worship. I smelled the matches as they were struck to light the Advent wreaths in Sunday school classrooms, told a class of children about the boarding homes project next week, heard some of our adults discussing today's first Sunday in Advent readings in Sunday school, and saw people sporting their purple clothes while the sanctuary sports her purple pyramids. The signs and symbols of this first hope-filled day of Advent always seem to call out to me, centering my feet on the purple path as we begin a new liturgical year. Beginning this year, as we do each year, anticipating the birth of hope. To pay attention is the rarest and purest form of generosity. A dear friend handed me a note card with that quote from Simone Bale on it one afternoon about a year ago. Most days I consider myself absolutely the worst at paying attention, so I grinned at the card as I took it, assuming that they were trying to remind me to do better. This quote reminds me of you, they said. And what followed was a discussion of the nature of paying attention. Even those of us who think we are bad at paying attention are paying attention to something. Maybe to the distractions, maybe to the many needs of the people around us, maybe to our own needs, maybe to our own racing thoughts, maybe to our work, maybe to our long lists, maybe to the people we love, maybe to the changing of the season. The friend that gave me the card thought I was good at paying attention. I still think I'm terrible at paying attention. Just this morning, I was looking for the pole for the banner, and I asked Sheila and Tim if they had seen it, and it was right in front of me. I was paying attention to all those Advent signs, but I completely missed the pole. 
To pay attention is the rarest and purest form of generosity. I taped that card to my desk to remind me to pay attention to what and to whom I am paying attention. Keep awake, Jesus says in this morning's gospel. Each year on this first Sunday of Advent, we talk about hope. And because it's Advent, one would think that it would be the hope of the Christ child, born in just a few weeks. But the lectionary draws our attention to Jesus' arrival, not as a tiny baby, but as the Son of Man, arriving on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Each year, Advent begins at the end, some preachers like to say. It is, as our children sang this morning, the fire of our hope, Christ coming again. We are exhorted then by the scriptures, by Jesus, by the epistle writers, by the prophets to stay awake and lean into our apocalyptic imagination to dream about the triumph of good over evil that will one day come with the return of Christ. We are called to pay attention to what God is doing in our world and to whom the hope of Christ's reign is being proclaimed. And that, my friends, is not just a call to imagine what will be. It is a call to see what is, to look at where God is showing up in our world, to stay awake to the work of God today so that we might live into the hope of the coming Christ now. Not just after the babe in swaddling clothes is born, not just once Christ has arrived on the clouds, but today we must pay attention to the hope of the present. With the prophet Isaiah, we must ask, where are the ways and paths of the Lord being lived? With the psalmist, where is the good of everyone being sought? With the letter to Rome, where is the armor of light being worn? And with the gospel writer, where is the Son of Man appearing in power and glory? Where is the hope of the present? If we ask where, we must ask what. What are the ways and paths of the Lord? What does it mean to seek the good of everyone? What does the armor of light feel like? What does the appearance of the Son of Man in power and glory look like? The hope of the present is that we know the answer to those questions. The ways and paths of the Lord are the ways and paths of courage and compassion, which seeks the good of all God's beloved children. And we are all, within and beyond these walls, God's beloved child. The most important way that Christ sees, lives, and acts in the world is to love neighbor as self. So when we put on the Lord Jesus Christ, we love our neighbor as we love ourselves, and we help others to do likewise. Matthew Skinner says, 
Wakefulness is a lifestyle, a way of living with a posture of embodying Jesus, his restless attentiveness, and his merciful solidarity. Christian hope is an active force. In 1 John 1.15, we hear that God is light. And in 1 John 4.8, we hear God is love. God is light and God is love. Paul calls the church in Rome to put on the armor of light. And just a few verses before, he tells them that the sum of all the law is to love your neighbor as yourself. To put on the armor of light is to live a life of God's kind of love. The kind of love that reaches across every kind of human barrier to carry each other's burdens. The kind of love that rejoices with those who rejoice and weeps with those who weep. To live that kind of love is to pay attention, to stay awake to what God is doing in the world, to recognize the hope of the present. If you are paying attention, and maybe even if you're not, then you've probably noticed the scaffolding outside our windows. Our church is quite literally under construction. It is also figuratively under construction as we look for a new senior pastor. This season of Advent, this season of waiting, is filled with the hope of what will be, the hope of a new roof that will last until it is at least time for me to retire, the hope of a new senior pastor that will shepherd us through the next season of the church's life, the hope of the Christ child born in just four weeks, the hope of resurrection. We must wait with hope. It is the very nature of our faith. But on this first Sunday of Advent, we cannot just wait. We must also live in our hope our hope that calls us to pay attention to what God is doing in the world. The hope of carrying bags to folks who need a little holiday cheer. The hope of providing gifts for a child to celebrate Christmas. The hope of teaching our children the rhythms of the church year. The hope of worshiping God in the sounds and silences of this hour and in all the hours that fill our days. The hope of drawing the circle of our welcome as wide as that of God's welcome. The hope of embodying Jesus here and now. The hope of the present. On this first Sunday in Advent, we are invited to consider hope. We are invited to live into our apocalyptic imagination, the hope of the coming Christ, but also into the embodying of Christ, the hope of the present. May the fire of our Advent hope lead us to pay attention. Amen.